Welcome to By The Streams, a resource from Manchester House of Prayer. Our heart is that we would each have a real relationship with God, being like the trees in Psalm 1, planted by the streams of living water, that our roots would go down deep. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Kurt Bennett. Last time we discussed what we felt the Lord was saying, and now we're going to discuss practically what we can do to really engage with the Lord in this season. One of the things I wanted to kind of get your take on is, okay, so we're all at home now. Just assume that everyone's at home. Most people aren't allowed to go to work. (laughs) most people are trying to figure out what life looks like and you know we're still you know over here in the uk we are we're just coming up to you know it'll be three weeks at the end of of this week of being in this lockdown kind of environment so we've almost still got a bit of a a honeymoon feel to it like there's still a novelty Mm -hmm. um but like how how do we in this season where, you know, we can't go to church, you know, there's a lot of content online for sure, but like when it comes down to it, it's me in front of a computer rather than me in front of a person. Like it's a lot harder to fake it. It's miserable. If, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So how, how do we, yeah, how do we? I hate what, a certain word right now. It's called Zoom. I just, that word just, oh, Zoom, not again. I'm zoomed to death. Exactly. I can't zoom anymore. So so on that, what can we practically be doing in the comforts of our own homes, like to actually take this from, you know, theory and actually make it real in our lives? Like what practical things would you suggest that we do? I've got one that I think I I expect you'll suggest. Um, I certainly hope you do. Um, but like, what 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 would you suggest are the practical things that we can actually do to go from being people that don't know how to pray, yeah, to people of prayer? Like, what would your what would your kind of suggestions be? Yeah, I, and obviously, um, two suggestions um, that we know uh, we know of for for the believers in Christ, and and um, they're both centered around prayer, actually four protocols of so the priesthood of prayer, uh, the meditation, meditating the word, mm-hmm. uh, worship every day. Okay. Um, um, give a thank offering to the Lord. You know, the New Testament believers are called the royal priesthood. And if there's anything that's been neglected by the church, it's not outreach and help to the poor. I mean, we've been doing that like crazy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, our ministry to God, which is made up of, of four very practical things, and and um, and 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 we got to be honest. God wouldn't be saying to us, "Pray," if we were praying. Yeah. Yeah. God wouldn't be shouting "House of Prayer" into the earth still if we had become the House of Prayer. Yeah, He's still saying it. This should be as if not more disruptive for the people of God who are in a house of prayer than anybody else. You know, Lord, what do we do? And the Lord says, house of prayer. Yeah, we already got that. Yeah, you got your version. Wow. That's what a, that's a challenging word. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm, 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 the choir needs preaching to right now. <laughs> you know, 
And uh, I, I was, you know, the prayer movement in our um, ministry here in Kansas City began in about 1997, actually off the backside of a fast. And suddenly we were all pressed. We were a church pressed to pray and, and, and this kind of thing. And then in uh, it was about 2008, um, the Lord spoke to me and in in, I was in a prayer room, in a prayer meeting. I was living a lifestyle of prayer. And he said, uh, hey, Kirk. And I said, yeah, Lord. And he said, Jesus said house of prayer, right? And I said, yeah, Lord. I, that's, you know, Matthew 21, Mark 11, you know, Luke 19. He said, well, what did Jesus mean by house of prayer? Oh, no. <laughs> I've been living this for, I've never been asked that question. I let man answer that question. I've never asked mm-hmm. God that question. What do you mean by house of prayer, God? Oh, it's this, and it's not this, and everybody's got a theory on it, but what did God mean when he said house of prayer? And I, I found any every time, and I have numbers of times where I do that with the Lord, where I'll just be sitting there, the Lord will come ask me a question, ruin my day and virtually ruin the next three years of my life trying just asking him questions in the scripture trying to figure out what he's talking about so when i say meditate here's the thing that i'm really learning and here's where the lord really wants to show us people how to enter in to an actual interaction with god not how to get a better theology mm-hmm. how to not how to think more profound thoughts not how to be smarter it's how to be closer you know you can't build a relationship someone without interacting with them and you can't build a close relationship with someone without interacting a lot with them yeah and and honestly we've had every excuse and god in his kindness has removed all our excuses and said now come here come be with me well, what, what do I say? Because when I when I say Bible thoughts, they're about impressing other people. But you're not impressed with my Bible thoughts, Lord. What do I say? And I, I think the Lord's saying, just say my word back to me and ask me questions. Mm. And then when I answer, don't tell anybody. Build a secret relationship with me. That you and me, we've got these things. We don't tell anybody else. We just, we just live in this intimate place, this place of confidence, confidentiality, a secret place. And here's a, a meditation verse that the Lord gave us. I have a, a, a Facebook um, page called Revelation Meditation. I don't know if you knew that, Michael. I did. But, uh, I meant it. Oh, there you go. I don't keep track of who's in it, but we keep the conversation strictly about meditation on one verse. No cross-referencing. One verse for the month. And so our verse for this month, you you probably know it, Michael, but I won't ask you. It's uh, Isaiah chapter 26, which is a massive chapter. When we began studying the end times, I'll say Mike, back at 97, began studying the end times, Mike Pickle, um, he, he actually picked up a uh, commentary 
It was an NIV commentary of the book of Isaiah written by uh, the last guy's name is Motir or something like that. And, uh, and uh, he picks up this uh, commentary and starts studying the end times out of Isaiah 24, 5, 6, and 7. It's fascinating because everybody thinks, oh, Mike, you know, Mike's always thought on Book of Revelation. Actually, he started his pursuit of the end times in earnest, in, at least in this season, in Isaiah 24 through 27. And um, the Lord gives me, uh, in, in prayer, he gives me a meditation verse each month. And we have seven groups that do it and then numbers of houses of prayer that do that same verse around the earth. Um, Funny thing, when I visited Hernhut, Germany, way back in 06, for the first time, I found out Zinzendorf did the same thing, and the Moravian Church has done it wow. ever since. They have a meditation verse each day, and Zinzendorf would pick those out at the beginning of the year, actually in the fall of the year, for the following year. And the Moravian Church elders, at least when I was... Uh, they have a little email you can get with the verse of the day. And it's just stunning how many times that verse will apply in your life that day. But uh, we do one a month, and um, I pray at the end of this month, the Lord made real clear this was our meditation verse for the month. It's Isaiah 26, verse 20, and it says this. Come, my people, enter your rooms. Close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the indignation runs its course. And then if you read on, you see how devastating the problem was in that hour. What's going on? He says, before, behold, the Lord's about to come out from his place. Now, anytime God stands up off the throne or comes out of the Holy of Holies, it's bad news for somebody. You know, <laughs> And uh, I think even you can see this in the witness of Stephen. When Stephen is being stoned, he says, I see the Lord standing at the right hand of the Father. And that means, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. When God rises up off of that throne, that means judgment is coming. Mm. Get low. If God's standing, don't sit in this chair. Get low. Okay? And, and so Stephen says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand. And then Stephen's words are, oh, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. So he goes into intercession, not, oh, Lord, save me. Oh, mm -hmm. Lord, let me get through this without denying you. But, oh, he's burdened because the Lord's standing. He's burdened for everyone standing there. He's going, no, don't wipe them out, Jesus. And what happens next? Paul gets saved. <laughs> the next chapter is the salvation yeah. of Saul, who was standing there holding the coats. What happens? Stephen, seeing the judgments, intercedes for the salvation, and Saul gets saved by Stephen's intercession at his martyrdom. It's amazing. That's yeah. stunning. Mm. God is coming out of his chamber right now. Okay, another passage that connects to this is Joel 2.17. And this is a very important passage because there's only three prayers in the Bible that are to be prayed word for word, according to God. 
Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, say this, say these exact words. And then he gives them the Lord's Prayer for the second time. He's already given the Lord's Prayer. Why is he giving it to them the second time? And that's a whole other journey. If you could explore around a few chapters, you'll figure it out, maybe. <laughs> but, but he gives them the Lord's Prayer, but he says, say it this way. Say these words, meaning verbatim. Mm. Okay? So that's the one in the New Testament. There's two in the Old Testament. One is uh, God tells the Aaronic priests, the priests are to bless the people with these words. They say these words. The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance towards you and give you his peace. And then the next verse in number six says, thus you shall invoke my name onto my people. We're new covenant priests. We have the invocation duty, responsibility of putting the name of God onto his people. Parents, you should be doing this with your children, all leaders of small groups, home groups. You should be putting God's name onto God's people because you are a priest unto your God. Everyone who stands as in intercession on someone else's behalf is a priest Putting is to put God's name. It's a duty. And God said, when they pray this prayer, they are to say it exactly these words. And the, the you know, tonight is the night of Passover, and, and many will say these words at the Passover table. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord God, but that this Lord bless you and keep you. Um, passage as well. Mm -hmm. The third one is somewhat obscure, but I think we're in some sort of Joel 2-like moment. In Joel 2.14, turn to me with all your heart. That's what the Lord's saying right now. Turn to me with all your heart. Well, how do we do that? Fasting, weeping, and mourning. Fasting, weeping, and mourning. Turn to me with all your heart. And then he says this, and I just want to read it to say the text uh, Exactly. I know the prayer, but the part in front of it, and I'm in a New American Standard Bible right now. Hosea Joel 2. Um, go to Amos and turn left. All right, Joel 2. Here we go. Um, verse 14. He says, Who knows? whether he will turn and relent and leaving, leave a blessing behind. So the turn to me with all your heart is verse 12 of Joel 2. And then the 14 is what I call the who knows factor. Who knows? Why do we intercede? Why do we have a house of prayer? Who knows? You know, why in the world are we doing this? We ask that every day. You know, we're sitting there and we're praying and it seems like nothing's out. Why are you doing it? Who knows? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I don't have a regular job and a regular career. But it's the who knows. God could relent. God could turn. The enemy could be turned back. The city could be transformed. Who knows what the prayer rooms have already turned back. 
And I've had witness from many prophets back in the day. I was leading a prayer room and, and uh, Bob Jones actually said to me, you turn back that war in Israel because we went into a 21 day fast in the summer of 06. The first day of our fast, rockets start lobbing into Israel from the north. And, and uh, our, our fast was a, just a, 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 a Davidic fast, fasting for the heart of David and to intercede for Israel. And, uh, and the first day of our fast, I saw Bob Jones later on. He knew that uh, I had consulted with him. Should I do this fast? And he said, yes, yeah, the Lord do it. And so uh, we all went into this fast in, in the fall of that year. He said, you, you turned that war. I was like, really? I mean, I, I know it could have been a lot worse, but he goes, no, the Lord showed me you turned that war with that fast. That's that who knows factor. We didn't see anything. We didn't know if anything had happened. We, we knew it could have been worse and, and that nobody was killed. None of those rockets. They were lobbing rockets in these shoulder launch things. And no one got hit. No one was killed. I mean, you got to be a bad shot with a bomb. To miss people. I'm sorry. If, if you're bombing people and you miss everyone with hundreds of rockets, you are a bad shot. I mean, almost counts in hand grenades, you know. I mean, seriously. But um, but he said, you also turned three storms, didn't you? And I said, what do you mean? He said, there were three hurricanes headed towards the coast and you guys were praying. You turned it back. I said, I never told you I was praying against those hurricanes. He said, your house of prayer was. I know they were because that's why those storms were. That's the who knows factor. Mm. So it's gotten bad with this pan pandemic and thousands and thousands and, and, and maybe millions. But there's a who knows factor for those who humble themselves and pray and, and invoke that who knows factor. Now, here's the prayer. The prayer is in verse 17, it says, let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, now this is God instructing through Joel, who's prophesying, let them say or speak these exact words. And this is the third verbatim prayer that I've explored in scripture. Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance a reproach and a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? I think these three prayers should be daily. Yeah, a couple of times a day, we should be praying these prayers. And I do. I, I pray each of these prayers every day. I get up. First thing I do is put my hands up. I say thank you. And I pray the Lord's Prayer. Every morning right now, I've been doing this for a couple of years, but I, these other prayers, I, my wife is the only one in the house right now. Our kids are all married and they have their own homes. But every night I, I bless, may the Lord bless you, my wife, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. The things that you're thankful for, the things that you bless, the things that you pray for are the things you don't hate and you don't destroy. And when you're locked in with family, you're going to be tempted to hate and destroy your family because somebody lost the remote. You know? <laughs> and this is just the time to be proactive with these prayers, to be thankful, so to, to 
to bless, to meditate on his word, to, to bless and to intercede for the nations right now. You know, most nations weren't affected by this virus danger until it starts to creep into their nation. It wasn't a thing in January, January the 15th of, the, of this year. Uh, they were starting, it was starting to come out into the news that Wuhan was part of this. Now, we're, we have just been profoundly touched a year and a half ago, a little over that, uh, with a group out of China of uh, church leaders, underground church leaders, led by an Egyptian man named David Damien. It's a group called the Watchmen. But uh, they began something called convergence of, of just helping the church or the believers and leaders converge together and actually authentically love one another and build a relationship. They started that 10 years ago this year in 2010 wow. in Wuhan, China. That's where they started it. Oh, man, that's like beyond creepy. That's that's forerunning. Yeah. You know, why are they doing this? Just getting together and hugging one another and, 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 and trying to work together. And it's, and, you know, the message doesn't seem as clear, except we got to be family and we got to love. And, and they're actually forerunning a movement that is being sustained. Yesterday, the watchmen had a Passover gathering prayer meeting yesterday. And, and they estimate that it was basically a historic, unprecedented time where when has all of Israel practiced the Passover from their own living rooms and had no access to the temple or oh, yeah. in Jerusalem? You know, when has had Jews and Gentiles all gathered and, and, and there is hope and some prophecies that the beginning of the turning or the turning of this virus will occur on Passover, which begins at sundown tonight. Um, there is hope of that and prophecies, and, and I'm willing to hope in that more than, you know, uh, rebelling against the government, and we're going to meet anyhow. It's going to do anything. Uh, uh, this, this God is humbling us. So meditate, worship, give thanks. Take these three prayers. But that meditation, I have a video, and if you wouldn't mind uh, just posting the link to that video when you yeah, broadcast yeah. this. I have a video real simple on how to do this. And I'm trained, I've trained thousands of people in a simple format. And it's changing people's lives, not the process, but God intended for meditation to be the primary way that we're transformed by beholding him through the scripture and not trying to figure out what the scripture means, but by beholding and encountering God in the scripture. And that's what meditation is. Yeah. So that's some of, of, of what I suggest, but that hide in the closet, that get into the secret place, close the door behind you. I'm convinced that's the word of the Lord to the church. And our groups are meditating right now on this. You know, sometimes I have to get a hold of my assistant and, and, She'll text me back and go, I, I don't want to talk right now. I'm in my closet and it's going so well. Please don't make me leave the closet. I'm going, okay, just, just call me a couple hours, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, we're having real, um, real amazing things going on. If you, um, there, there is a spirit of terror 
a spirit of anxiety, a divisive spirit, an accusing spirit that are massively at work in their primary circles that they target and are influencing is Christian circles in social media. Mm. And, and um, it's the prince of the power of the air. And I'm not saying some of the facts aren't right and, and, and some of the facts are wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's not where we go right now. That's, that's not where our people are to go. That's not get, get on your face before the Lord. Bless your family. Be the family you've always wanted to have. Work through the stuff that you've been avoiding. The Lord gave me a promise in these 40 days. We're in a, since March the 1st, we've been in a fast for 40 days. He, he, he spoke to me so clear in the early days of it. And he said, I am going to free people from, oh, what did he call it? That those habitual sins, I will free people from those sins that they can't get free of if they will just fast and turn to me during this season. Those sins that dog us, that we repent every three weeks for and say we'll never do again, and and all of these things, God God says, I'm going to free people if they will fast and turn to me. I'll free them. He called them besetting sins. He said, I will free people from their besetting sins if they will simply fast and turn to me right now during this 40-day time period. And I've, I've had several testimonies of that. We've had a, a lady who works with uh, 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 getting people free from homosexual lifestyles. And she said, honestly, you know, uh, a portion of the people go right back into it after they go through a program. She said, but I had four who went through a program at different times over the last five years who all called me at the beginning of this virus. And they said, all right, I'm in. The fear of the Lord is moving through. The fear of the Lord moves through. You don't post a video on it. You get on your face because the fear of the Lord is the sword of the Lord. And it comes across about waist high. And anyone that stands up higher than their waist gets cut in half when the fear of the Lord moves through. That's where we are. That's where we are. Yeah, that's so good. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We pray that you would encounter the Lord through what's been shared. To find out more about who we are, head to mhop.org.uk or find us on Facebook or Instagram at mhopuk. For information about By The Streams, head to mhop.org.uk forward slash by the streams. Bless you.